at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Legal Conversations. A-teamers, in our legal conversation, we are talking a transfer of immovable property after a divorce. Now, if you have ever gone through a divorce, have ever faced a challenge of um, going through a divorce, you'll know how difficult and tedious some of these things are. And I think for future reference or for those who might be considering divorce or going through it right now, this is a time for you to be tuned in and take the opportunity to ask your questions. Our A-team guest is uh, Atisha Geller who is the principal of the Atisha Geller and Associates. We're talking transfer of removable property after divorce. The number to interact with us on and ask your questions is 0614-104-107. That's our WhatsApp number or call in on 086-000-2032. Atisha, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Patricia. How are you doing? I'm strong. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good evening to your listeners as well. Thank you for having me on your show. I look forward to engaging with you and your and your listeners. Listen now, Atisha. I hear that uh, Atisha Geller and Associates is female-run and uh, female-owned. Obviously, you female, but it must be a, a beautiful dynamic in the legal sphere to have women running the show. Yes, uh, Patricia. I think nine years ago, when I decided to venture out onto my own uh, in my own practice. And I'll tell you a little story that um, I had my first uh, born about 11 years ago. And um, I kind of got, you know, I was in a job already. I was in a legal fraternity for over 20 years. And uh, when he was born and I kind of wanted to spend time with him as well as I had something which I could actually have as a hobby. And I thought to myself, well, let me open up a small business. I had the legal skills and the knowledge. And I'd open up his little practice and I'd look after my baby and I'd be able to be there for him in the true sense of the word and also just have this hobby on the side where I'd probably just stimulate my mind, get some money, help a few clients and just keep going like that. Now, you know what happens with hobbies, as they say, when you're good at it, it takes over. And um, and that's how the business was formed. And over the years, I've had, um, you know, very, very supportive um, team members, as well as clients who remembered me from my article days and supported me in my business journey. And for that reason, I kept the practice all female um, and mainly as a mentoring space where I, as a principal, would get in new candidates uh, straight out of university or even just uh, law students who wanted to have some practical experience in the office. To, to come in and work under my guidance. And we learned everything. It wasn't just the, the knowledge of uh, the legal work, but it was actually learning about how to make a cup of tea for a client or how it, uh, how it meant to file a document or how to write up you know, a, a statement. It was holistic. And I think for me, the journey would be with that individual coming into my practice, that young lady, was to be able to leave my practice not only as a good lawyer, but a good homemaker and a good actual attribute to her family and her society that she goes back into. And that's the story of that practice. Wow, what a beautiful and inspiring story. Indeed, um, you know, once you want to be true to yourself and your calling as a mother, uh, then a lot of other opportunities open up. So being a mother does not hamper one from being a career woman, and you've got a successful um, um, practice there at Atisha Geller and Associates. Let's talk about transfers of immovable property after a divorce. 
Divorce is not an easy okay. thing. Definitely it, not Patricia. And and when there's properties <laughs> involved, <laughs> ooh, it becomes more and more sticky. Yes. And I will remember something that I read a while ago. And it's from the uh, song of uh, Frank Sinatra, the very famous uh, singer. And he had this line in one of his songs and he said, uh, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Now, as you know, love and marriage is all the roses and all the lovely uh, feeling and the good feels about the relationship. And the divorce is about separating that horse and carriage, you know, literally. Mm. So we all obviously get into a marriage, you know, with that love and, you know, that, that amazing warm feeling. And we don't really take, you know, the needful steps to make sure that we have the assets, the horse and carriage part of it taken care of. And usually what happens is that people end up separating and they eventually go down the route of a divorce. And then they now decide, oh, my goodness, what have I done in respect of my asset allocation and what do we do now? So that's when the actual practical process of the divorce proceedings uh, kick start. And either party, wife or husband, will institute the divorce proceedings. And if it's an uncontested divorce, uncontested meaning both parties are in agreement that they are at the end of this marriage relationship, and therefore now they want the, form, the formal divorce. Now, in South Africa, the only way you can separate a marriage u- union is through a formal divorce. So when you have the marriage certificate, you need a divorce order called a divorce decree to separate that marriage relationship. So when the parties are in an uncontested divorce, then they probably would get to a point where they would issue the proceedings, which they have to do, which is a divorce summons, and then they would probably get their advisors, their attorneys on either side, or somebody that they're using to mediate their uh, divorce proceedings to decide on the issues like maintenance, custody, contact of the children, as well as the most important part, and that's the division of the assets. That could include movables like your cars, jewelry, furniture, etc. Or the most important part, which are the movable properties, which is the substance of the assets between the parties. And when they have an uncontested divorce, they usually get to a process called a settlement agreement, which is a legally binding contract between the parties, basically dealing with all of these issues in the divorce, which they want to make an order of court, and then thereafter separate the assets. Now, dealing with an immovable property can be a little bit tricky, and I think this is also a very complicated area for people to understand. Once you get that settlement agreement signed, which is an agreement between both the parties and they both sign and they agree to how the immovable property has to be divided or who needs to keep it, that settlement agreement then needs to go to court and become a court order or the divorce decree. Now, when the settlement agreement is signed, at that point in time, people could decide, depending on the marriage regime that they have, how they would want to separate or divide that immovable property. Usually, people would say in the settlement agreement that we jointly own this property, and on divorce, we will apply to the Register of Deeds via our conveyancer, and we would get one portion transferred to one party. So that while both parties might own the property jointly, they would then, once they get the divorce decree, approach the conveyancer and then do the actual transfer to the deeds office where they get total ownership of the property. Okay. So 
sorry, I don't mm-hmm. really want to go on. No, go ahead, go ahead. It becomes more tricky. It becomes very complicated. Mm. And I don't want to like, you know, your, your listeners are probably, you know, thinking this is so intense, but it actually is a very clear and very uh, smooth process if there's uncontested uh, parties and there's a simple, um, there's a simple settlement agreement. What would then happen is that once you then go to court and you get your divorce decree, you will wait for that divorce decree to come back from court, and then you will take your settlement agreement and you will take your divorce decree. You will see your conveyancer, usually appointed in the agreement as well, if it's, good, if it's well written and well drawn up. And you will then say to the conveyancer, in terms of the settlement agreement and the divorce decree, the parties have decided that the wife is going to retain the, the, the matrimonial home. Matrimonial home meaning the home that they lived in together. But the wife is going to get the matrimonial home. So she will tell the conveyancer, please use the settlement agreement and the divorce decree and do an application to the deeds office, usually called the Section 45 um, application, where she will notify the deeds office to basically get that title deed endorsed so that she actually retains 100% share of the property. And that's how she will then become 100% owner of that property, and then her husband will then no longer have his right in the property. And in the case of where the parties are married out of community of property, remember now when it's out of community of property, what is mine is mine and what is yours is yours. One party upon that decree will then go to their conveyancer again, and then they will basically apply to have the title deed solely on their name as well. So for this to take place, you know, obviously a formal deeds office process has to be followed and to ensure that the spouse requires the property reflected as the now sole owner. Usually the divorce order will contain a clause stating which conveyancer must attend to the transfer. So in that way, it's very clear. So very complicated part, and I know that this is probably a common problem that your listeners might uh, deal with when they're actually doing the transfer, is that most houses or most matrimonial homes have a bond on it. Mm. Now, what then happens when there's a bond? Because when you have to apply to become an owner of a property, the bond has to give consent in order for that bond to be obviously endorsed to say there's a, a new owner. Alternatively, that the new owner is going to be taking over the bond holistically. Now, when that happens, a bank, in most instances, sees the wife, who generally wasn't paying the bond all along, and the house is generally in the name of the husband, now wants to obviously get the bond on her name, take sole ownership, and she now then will have to take responsibility for the bond. The banks will usually see her as a, a new, obviously, bondholder, and they might even do their due diligence to make sure whether she actually qualifies for that bond. So it's very important when drafting that settlement agreement to ensure that if, for example, the wife is going to be taking over the bond, or if she's going to be taking over 100% of that property, that she will, in fact, qualify as uh, the new bondholder, and therefore the bond and the, the 50% of that house will be transferred to her solely. So that is where I see a lot of people not understanding that even though you might have the settlement agreement where you're giving the wife, for example, 100% of the house, but there is a bond on the property. And that is where the complications arise. 
Listen, it's so much that we need to take in and consider when it comes to immovable property and divorce. Um, just as, uh, uh, as we part, what is it that one should understand most of all when going into a divorce when you are married and come to property and their children as well? Yes, definitely. You know, what I advise uh, parties who go into a community of property marriage, where you, where you take whatever you have and you take whatever your, your spouse has and you put that into a joint kitty that you realize at that point in time before even marrying or getting married in community of property is to understand that there is a plan going forward in terms of how these are going to be separated. And it's critical that people communicate these things clearly from the beginning. I mean, I think whenever a couple comes to me to register their antinatural contract, I sit them down and I try and say to them, do you understand what your plan is? What is your estate planning as you go into this contract literally together? And it's that thought decision from the inception that will actually pave their way. Because let me tell you, as soon as um, people get married, we don't like to say prepare for divorce or prepare for death. But I think these are the conversations we need to have with people who are entering as responsible professionals to engage in those conversations with our clients and say to them, be mindful of the assets, be mindful of the open conversations you need to have with your spouse or your future partner in terms of the assets acquisition and how you intend dividing it if things don't work out at the end. And in that way, we also try and tell them to try and obviously see a mediator if things don't go well and try and mediate the differences before entering into an acrimonious um, you know, divorce proceedings where you end up spending all of your money fighting when you could have split that money and had it done in, in a very convenient and a non-adversarial way. Wow, Atisha, let's leave it at that for this evening. And I'm hoping that our A-teamers have uh, gained knowledge from everything we've discussed. Can you kindly give um, us your contact details at Atisha Geller and Associates? Absolutely, Patricia. Thank you for the time. Um, your listeners can contact me at the offices on 031-566-1579. Or they can email me directly with a query. And I'm happy to give them some sort of advice and guidance pro bono over email to them uh, just to give them some direction and that's on my personal email it's atisha at galalaw.co.za and please have a look at me on instagram or facebook and you can also just catch me on my website and there's a contact form and it's www.galalaw.co.za thank you so very much for joining us have an absolutely wonderful evening you as well and, and enjoy the rest of women's month and continue shining and doing what you do best oh, same to you